You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I discover one thing, that this world is not our home permanently. And all my focus is to focus at the home, which is going to be there forever. Welcome to a special edition of the Conversations Podcast. I am Taylor, and to welcome not one but two guests with us, I want to ask Lee Pastor three. Jose. We have yes. three. Yes. I'm, I'm a special guest, too. I was counting kind of as a host. I was counting as a host. You always yes, say you special. two special. So we got three special guests. Yeah, Pastor Morris is here. Welcome, Pastor Morris, again. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a powerful word with us on Sunday morning. And then we have uh, Mike Thrasher. Woo-hoo. Yes, who prayed for Pastor Morris and, and uh, also leads... Um, the San Marcos Community Group on Monday nights. And so I hear that, um, Pastor Morris, you were you were there at the community group last night. I did last right? night. Yeah, I'd love to ask you, how, how has your experience been so far, being with the church Sunday morning, Monday night? Everything was excited. Very good. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, let's jump in. You had a great message on Sunday. And so I'd love to ask you just a few questions about the message and then kind of more behind the scenes. So uh, you chose Isaiah 6 as the passage here, but you could have picked a lot of different passages, anything. It was all open for you. So what drew your heart to Isaiah? Why did you pick that for our church to hear on Sunday? Why I picked that? Because I want believers to know their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, why God has called them and why has left them in this world. Mm-hmm. That's why I pick Isaiah yeah. chapter 6. That's... Yeah, it's good. I loved when you said a, a few things. One of the things that really hit me was when you said, um, we get excited about the things of the world. Yeah. I thought immediately about a sports match, how excited we get when our team wins. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then you encouraged us to get excited about the things of God. Yeah. And, and this responsibility, we could either see it as something that weighs us down, yeah. something that you have to do kind of like a chore, or you can see it like an honor and, and something exciting that God is doing through us. So I felt like I was excited <laughs> about cool. what God was doing through us as a church. Yeah, I want to actually ask, uh, before we dive in too much into the message, kind of your story just a little bit. I know last night uh, I got the privilege of hearing kind of a longer version of your story of how you got in ministry. But I think it's a really cool story because I think it shows more of who you are and your heart for uh, just the people in your church. So kind of what were those early days like as far as how you felt like God showed you your responsibility and the way you were able to answer that call? Yeah, God showed me my responsibility after I'd finished the studies in the Bible college. And then uh, I understood that God is calling me to serve him and to do his work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm This is a broader question, but I'd love to bring Mike in uh, as well, and all three of y'all to, to answer this. But but what what kind of keeps you from either remembering God's responsibility for you or just simply not wanting to do it? Because there's some times where we know we're what we're supposed to do, but we just don't do it. So how did the three of y'all continue to pursue God's uh, call on your life, God's mission, God's purpose, God's responsibility uh, on your life? Yeah, while I'm continuing, I discover one thing, uh, that one, I discover that this world is not our home permanently. Mm-hmm. And all my focus is to focus at the home, which is going to be there forever. Yeah. 
And I realized that that's why I'm here and that's why we have been serving with Mike for, from 2006, we have been brothers <laughs> and we are walking in the same boat and we are seeing what God is doing. And I say, this is what God wants me to do. Yeah. yeah. Because everything I see in the world is passing away. That's right. They are not permanent, you see. Just as Solomon said, all is vanity, vanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the things of God is not vanity. They are everlasting. And so I focus on the things which I will see forever and forever. Second mm. Corinthians 4.18, uh, that's what, you're, what you were just talking about brought to mind. So we fix our eyes not on what is yeah. seen, yeah. but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, yeah. but what is unseen is eternal. Mm. That verse hit me different when I was a freshman in college. Yeah. And that's what God used to open up my, to my eyes yeah. and recognize I wanna, I wanna serve God the rest yeah. of my life. Because all of these other things that we see, it, it, they, they bring satisfaction, but that satisfaction is temporary. Mm -hmm. And so to your point about how to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, mm -hmm. that, that's why we have to uh, activate all these rhythms that we just talked about the last four weeks, yeah. gather, Give, grow, uh, go. So that's how that's that's why we do those things because they help us stay focused on our our God given responsibility. You know, I, I think when when uh, was God was calling me into missions, you know, I had no I had no desire to be a missionary. Mm. I had no desire to go over to Africa, and it was just uh, you know God speaking to my heart. And in fact, when when um, I remember after the trip that we were. Coming back from, and we were we, the, the school was being built at the children's home, and God specifically said, "I want you to build a library." <laughs> and I don't know how many times I told him no, and and he just kept on and kept on and kept on until I finally repented and said, "Okay, you know, here's I, I finally got the message." And so, I think it's just keeping your eyes on God and just and just you know continuing, even though you may say no continue to, to keep an open mind and an open heart. And uh, if God wants you somewhere, he's going he's gonna to lead you there. Yeah. yeah, I think it's interesting that these passages that you spoke on, this is Isaiah chapter 6. Yeah. So he didn't get this right away, <laughs> right? This is Isaiah chapter 6 yeah. when he finally uh, saw God face to face and, and then was forgiven and, and then activated into his God-given responsibility by saying, yeah. here I am, send, send me. Yeah. Um, I loved how you brought in King uh, Uzziah yes. into the story and, and how you challenged us, label it and then kill it. Make sure that it's not active in our life. That's right. King had to die in order for us to see the king. That was incredible. For the three of y'all, what does that practically look like? Because uh, someone may have been sitting there and you said that and they thought, oh, maybe that was money for them or maybe that was a job <laughs> or they had something in their mind that came to mind. But, but what does it look like to surrender that to God? What does that actually look like as far as how do you, how do, you do that or how have you done that? And, uh, and then, yeah, how do you continue to guard yourself against kings or idols coming up in place of God? Yeah, what, uh, why I brought that is that I want people to know that the things of God must be first in our life mm -hmm. than anything. Because also for surely everything we, we have come from God. First of all, we look at our life. Our life comes from God. We don't own it. He who gives it to us is God, and whatever we have is God, 
But you know, sometimes people think that because we have done them, but you have done them, but who gives you the life? Who gives you the strength? Mm -hmm. Where did you get that strength to do it? There's somebody who has given you that strength and he allow you to do that. So that person should be the first priority in your life. Mm -hmm. And so the things of God should be the first priority in our life. And then other things will come first mm -hmm. because God is first and we are second. Mm -hmm. And so everything before God should be first, then others should come. Mm -hmm. yeah. I really liked how you yeah. asked us, what, what are you excited about? Yeah. Maybe that's what, that's what you need to lay down. Yeah. What, what are you thinking about when you first wake up? Where do you turn to? What are the things that are consuming your time? What are the things that we're spending our money on? Those are often the things that God's wanting us to, to push away if those things are not of God. Yeah. If, if we put God first, then what Matthew 6 says, he, he will give us. Yeah all these things. He'll take care of everything when, when, we, when we seek first his kingdom. And, yeah. and for me, um, I, I wanted a career that was self-sustaining. I, I wanted to uh, make my own, you know, be a, a, a self-made man, you know, have, having a successful career and, yeah. and making money to provide for my family, all those things. Since I was a little kid, I, yeah. I wanted that. So I found it very ironic in 2014 when I started serving as a student pastor, yeah. <laughs> I was dependent. I was dependent on on other people giving to the Lord mm -hmm. so that I can spend my time and my talents mm -hmm. uh, investing in in growing a student ministry. Mm -hmm. and And that flip for me was very humbling. And yet, through every season of my life, I have seen I have seen God's faithfulness in incredible, miraculous ways. So I think that's what we get when we seek first God is is he really proves himself to be the pro the provider. Yeah, I, you know, I can think back over, uh, you know, my life and the times that um, I was trying to do it all myself. You know, I, this, this is the way it's going to work. This is the plan. And it didn't work, you know, <laughs> and it was till we finally, till I finally decided that, you know, I had to trust God to make it work. Mm -hmm. And and every time I'd, I'd, I'd give up and say, okay, God, you take it and you do it, mm -hmm. things happen. And you don't even expect them to happen, yeah. you know. So it's 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 you know, trying to do it yourself doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the other uh, parts of this passage that we talked about is the coals and just Isaiah's uh, humility and recognizing that he's uh, not worthy of Man, God's presence and and unworthy of even just the responsibility that we have. And uh, what would you, how would you encourage Pastor Morris? And I'd love to hear um, Jose and Mike's, your thoughts too, but how would you encourage someone who uh, is in that state of just pride where they, they do feel like they don't need God or that they're not worthy? How, how do they kind of uh, gain humility? How do they gain that posture to be able to serve God? And, and why is that so important that they do that first before they're sent out and before that they go? Yeah, on my side, when I compare with the message, I look at it this way. Just as human being, we have fear in our heart. Mm. And this fear is to everybody. And even when you look at men in the Bible, men like Jeremiah, you know, every time we feel we cannot do it. Mm. Yeah, but God is looking for men who say, I am here, God, use me. Yeah. Just Isaiah, after he has repented of his, might be his pride, what he was feeling he is, 
And then he say, God, I'm now here, use me. And that's how we need to be as born-again Christian. The first thing which comes upon us is fear. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the things we are going to do is for God, you know. And God, for you, for God to use me, I must come down and say, God, I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Let it do for me. Mm-hmm. If you want to use me, use me for your glory. And that's why when, before I became a pastor, I had too much fear. And I say, how will I do this? Because first, and I thought maybe I'm going to do it with my strength. But it's not my strength. You see, these are things of God. We have just to give ourselves to God and God is going to use us. Remember the, I talked about Moses. When God called Moses, Moses thought this thing is going to do by himself. Right. And yet it is God who is saying, I'm the one who created you. I've called you to do this. You have no word. God told Moses, Moses, why are you saying you can't speak? I'm the one who gave you the tongue. Come on, you go. But still he had the fear mm-hmm. in him as human. But when Moses said, okay, now I'm here, God has to use him. Mm-hmm. So God, God is above our pride. Mm-hmm. Immediately we say, God, use me. You will take away your pride away and you throw it away. And he give you courage. And remember I told Joshua, when Joshua took from Moses, he said, Joshua, as long as you meditate yes. my word yes. and obey like Moses, I will obey use you exactly yeah. like Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's this dependency yeah. to God yeah. that he's looking for. Such and people. Yeah, such people. Yeah. It's humility. I think of Paul, yeah. I'm the worst, the chief yeah. of sinners. Yeah. Uh, Peter denying Jesus three times and then turning and being used to start the church. Yeah. It, it's a consistent theme through 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 the Bible. And I think the question for me is, um, what are some of the things that I'm feeling confident about that, that I'm that I'm taking credit for? Yeah. And those are the very warning signs that that I need to let go yeah. and say, all right, God, <laughs> it's this is to your glory and your glory alone. Yeah. Here, here I am again. Use me. Use I'm, me. I'm willing. Yeah. I'm a willing vessel. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pastor Morris, he's done that through you, obviously. And I find it one of life's greatest joys to connect with brothers and pastors from all over the world. We share the same faith, the same hope in the Lord Jesus. Yeah. We come under the authority of the scriptures yeah. and the way that God uh, weaves his body together in perfect time. I want to encourage you. I heard from a number of people, their lives were changed because of what you shared. Yeah. And, and I think it has a lot to do with, with your faithfulness to him. And uh, so I want to honor you and thank you for that. And also ask, is there any other thing that you would like to encourage the church here in Wimberley, Texas, St. Marcus, uh, Driftwood, Kyle, Hayes County in? The encouragement I give to every church we must obey the word of God. That's the first number one. And the things our master told us to do, we should not neglect them. Amen. Let, them, let us put them as the first priority. He said, go all over the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believe, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he say, teach them everything. Then the fourth one, take care for orphans and widows and the street children. Those people who are unable, and he said when he was living, 
They will be there always with you. Now, when we do those things, that is how we can really say we are honoring God. How will we invest in the kingdom of God? That is how we invest, the investment which will never expire. It will always, when Jesus say invest in heaven, and because there thieves cannot steal mm-hmm. or moths cannot eat it, it will always be there. That's what Jesus is saying. When you share with somebody the word of God, and this person believes in Jesus Christ as his Savior, you have used your strength, you have used your funds, and you may think you are losing, but you are not losing, you are investing. That's good. And the investing you are investing in is something which you will see in the future. When you die, you meet that person in heaven, and that person will come in heaven. Then you say, he will surprise you and say, hey, Hosea, do you remember when you preached to me? I'm here because you, you left America 10,000 miles. You came to this country. Because of you, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Here I am. Have you lost anything? Yeah. You have not mm-hmm. lost. Yeah. You have invested forever. Because that man will be with you in heaven forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Pastor Morris, for investing in the kingdom of God, for investing your time here today. Mike, Mm -hmm. thanks for your work in Uganda, the work that you and Mary have done so faithfully for so many years. I look forward to seeing you in Uganda. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> Taylor, you are welcome. Oh, thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank I want to ask both of y'all, what are ways that we can be praying for you? Mike, I want to hear from you first as far as with Luanda <laughs> Children's Home and just the ways in which you've been there for many years and been a part of it in many different capacities. But what have you seen as some of the biggest needs that as a church we can be both supporting, but even just praying for the work that's being done there? Well, our, our, one of our greatest needs right now is, is our, our older children are now uh, getting to an age where they're, they're uh, reaching their, their advanced education, which is either trade school or university. And so, you know, our, uh, as an organization of, of Lawanda Children's Home, you know, our, our, our mission and our goal is, is to uh, develop children in, in, until they can reach their full, and support them until they reach their full potential. And so, what does full potential look like? It for, it's different for others. That's and right. so, we're we're in the need for uh, help in mon- you know in donations just to to be able to educate these children and and set them up for to succeed in society and to become the leaders of Uganda. Yeah. You know, our, our belief is these children are going to make a difference that's in right. Uganda. That's right. So, you know, that's probably one of our biggest needs. We continue to bring in new children every year. Uh, so we're always looking for. Uh, sponsors to sponsor the new children. Uh, prayers are always appreciated. You know the the work that that uh, Pastor Morris and Ida have have begun and, and doing in Uganda is just um, you know I, I can't believe you know that that uh, it's been 16 years since I've been ministering with these people, <laughs> and it's just to see the see the growth and the changes. Uh, you know we're learning every day. We you know it's it, we never stop learning on how to. To uh, minister to these children, and but um, but that's how you the church can just continue to support, you know, uh, prayerfully. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people uh, pray for our ministry, and that's that's the biggest thing is just prayer. And uh, um, it's because these we, we like I say these children are growing up, and um, you know I'm excited. We have one young man who he's going to be president one day, mm-hmm. and I'm I can't wait for that mm-hmm. day. So. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Pastor Morris, same question to you. How can we be praying for you and the many various different ministries and churches that you're yeah, a part of? Since we have these many ministries, we really need the church always to remember to pray for us. One, church planting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need many teams to join church planting. When I joined the minister, I say I need 200 churches. Not yet. We have just made one fort. I need a fort, 60 more. And I want people to pray that many people will come in and we we serve the Lord together. Number two, I would love the church be praying for the Bible College because the Bible College is the backbone of church planting. And we cannot send men outside there who cannot defend the faith. You know, there are so many false teaching in the world mm-hmm. today, yeah. which we need men who can stand there and defend the faith, like just people like Martin Luther, mm-hmm. the Calvinists. They stood to, to stand, you know, to defend the faith, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why we find the strong churches are there, because there were men who stood and stand and said, this is what the Word of God say. So we need that prayer so the Bible College may have sponsors, for teachers and for students. Because our people, you know, our people are poor. That's the truth. We are live in the third world country. Many people want to join the Bible college. But who sponsored me to do that? I was sponsored by someone, and that's why I finished wow. my education. Wow. So I encourage people outside there to help. And then also the orphanage. We need many sponsors to sponsor the orphanage, the reason is we have 5 million orphans, orphans in our country. They need help. I choose you, those children who eat in the cabbage and no mm-hmm. street children who have no one to help. King's Kid, the same. We try to make King's Kid just within the church site mm-hmm. like this one. We build somewhere there for 10 children to be mm-hmm. in that place. And we have a house mother. We are trying to do all this, but we are praying that you pray that God may touch many hearts. Yeah, because God has everything. Yeah. He's rich in silver and gold. And he's the king of kings. He will touch people's heart to give towards all this, just as Ma- Micah said. We need these children to have a future so that n- other time we'll be seeing what God has done and we'll praise him and say, thank you, Lord. You did this and we can see. Amen. May that be in Jesus' name. And again, just thank you, Pastor Morris. Your perspective is something that we we need and so grateful to have it. Mike, thanks again. Looking forward to next time. All right. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.